For anyone listening, the more information that we can give you, the better informed your decisions will be. Mm -hmm. So if we can impart that to you, then that's only a win. What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the Valor Coffee podcast. We had a great show this week. We talked about how much you can expect to make as a coffee shop owner. We talked about how much we make and just kind of laid out a couple of different scenarios for what a semi-busy cafe could look like. Maybe a solo one-owner operation or like a owner assistant manager type of thing. So we went there and then we tasted a fun coffee from Mod Cup and we brewed it really poorly. So it was a good coffee and we decided not to review it because it would not have done the coffee justice. We want to make you guys aware of our partnership with Clive Coffee. They sell a lot of great coffee equipment such as espresso machines, grinders, other accessories. So we have partnered with them. It's a great way to support the show if you use our link below. Buy some coffee stuff for your cart, kitchen counter, cafe, and on Luca and Eureka products, if you use the code VALOR5, you can get 5% off your purchase. Without further ado, here's the the show i love your shirt you're kidding no i is think that it's great nope. is ev- <laughs> what were you gonna say dude i actually don't know i think i just wanted to talk i just want you guys to look at me you want attention yeah just right here give it to me you've got my full attention is it everlane it is this is my only everlane shirt and it's one of my least favorite shirts honestly why'd you wear it on the program by material i was gonna say it looks a little like um Flimsy. Flimsy, like the collars. Yeah. Papery. And when the collar isn't good, I, I just can't do it. You've got about mm, five more washes and it's going to start to look kind of... Yeah. Start getting it dry cleaned. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Could be worth it. I really love my outlier shirts, Oh, but I can't afford them. I always have to buy them on like eBay. Yeah. I really like the shirts that we use for... What, what was our, like, with our circle logo on the back? That has color? Yeah, it's ass color. Is it heavy? It's just one of their heavies, yeah. That's nice. It's a nice shirt. You know what also is great? What? The fact that we're on a hot mic on a Wednesday. Every Wednesday. Together again. Together again. Cheers, gentlemen. Cheers to that. I'm grateful for you guys. Oh. I'm in my feelings today. Well, tell us more about that. Well, it's we're just busy right now. It's a busy season. We're going hither and thither. And this is a great connecting point. It's true. I was looking forward to hanging out with you guys today. It's as much for me as it is for them. For ye. For ye. For ye. <laughs> for thee and for me. And ye. We, uh, what coffee do we have today? We've got a coffee from... Uh, that's a question that you just answered yourself. <laughs> that's what I'd love to do on a podcast, yeah. Uh, Mod Cup. I, I don't remember where they're from, to be honest with you. But Jersey, right? Is that right? I believe Chris said Jersey. Chris, uh, Chris from Reverence Coffee, opening in East Peoria, Illinois, uh, gifted us this box. Whoa, Whoa look at that website, dude. Oh, I wish I could see right now. <laughs> Man, that, that, that I like thing, the listener. That thing is psychedelic. This makes me want to watch on YouTube so I can watch it. <laughs> Awesome, man. Uh, but yeah, we've got a, an Ethiopia. Is it a Guji? <clears throat> Guji Buku, baby. Jersey City. I'm Buku. Jersey City? Yeah. Where's that? New Jersey. Uh, we're in New Jersey. Come on. Is it central? Isn't it, South isn't central? it right beside New York? Oh. Who's to say? That's Hoboken, baby. But uh, we've got you know a cappuccino, an espresso, and a pour over brood. And let's just say 
that we didn't do that good of a job brewing this coffee because we didn't have that much of it. West of Manhattan, right wow. across the bridge. Wow. And turns out that uh, even though it's a Guji, it was roasted pretty dark. I guess. Because uh, it, it was very soluble. And so all of our grind settings were too fine. Clogged up. Clogged up. So Oops. we've got a, a 55 second espresso and a 43 second cappuccino. Probably a five and a half minute pour over. I was explaining to you guys that I'm kind of getting a little cold and you guys were in agreement. And heck, you already even told me that I was the idiot because I haven't been thinking this. I didn't say idiot. I said dunce. Okay. <laughs> uh, I'm getting cold on the EK as an all-purpose grinder. As in all-purpose, meaning going all the way to espresso. Why is that? All the way to French press. We, we struggle, like, week to week with that grinder because... Mm. We are tasting so many lightly roasted coffees. I, I know this might be, a, you know, a darker, a darker one, but uh, we sometimes we go to zero and it's gushing in seventeen seconds. Absolutely. So I don't know what we should do. I think the ideal situation would be if we're talking about cafes, you know, just have a dedicated single origin espresso grinder. If you're gonna like go that route, and then if you do that, then you need to like push it so it actually is used. Yeah. Maybe. I think Cat and Cloud, if you order just an espresso, they give you the truth. But if you order a latte, they give you the answer, if I'm not mistaken. Maybe when they started, yeah. Cat and Cloud, if you're listening, let us know. Yeah. We need to reunite with Cat and Cloud. Sorry, that's a tangent, but finish your thought on the EK. <laughs> We're in a lab, so I, I, I want to do something cool. Yeah, and and so... Just to put a finer point, finer, am I right? Because we're talking about grinders and espressos. Um, So even if you're all the way fine on the grinder, the grind fine distribution is not uniform enough. Yeah. So there's micro fines, which are like super dusty. It's like dust level of particle size. And then there's like that, the quote unquote boulders, which for espresso is not really a boulder, but... Yeah, it's all about how those burrs are cutting and crushing the beans. And so it would be really nice, even if we didn't do, you know, even if you're single origin grinder, it doesn't have to be like a grinder with a hopper. It could still be a single dose grinder for sure. It would just be a little expensive to have like two EKs, one with an espresso tailored burr set and another with a filter tailored burr set. It's uh, the least we can do though. But maybe that's why you get the like two-sided EK. EKK. Bro. Oh. Any excuse to have an EKK oh. in our repertoire? I don't even know if they make them anymore. I did I haven't seen it on the list yeah. as of late. They're kind of goofy with like how that would work on a bar, you yeah, know, cuz they're like That's true. Where do you want them? The yeah. first time I saw an EKK was at Barista Parlor in Nashville and they had it uh positioned on a a dual-sided bar, so it made sense. But if you put it up against a wall, then you can't use the other side because each side has like a dial and a. I think each side has a hopper too. Yeah, for sure. It's like two EKs. Yeah, you definitely want it either sideways or like at the end. Sideways, this looks weird with those. Like here, it would just need to be like down there, you know? It's true. I just want to make a quick little uh, encouragement to our listeners here. Um, I know sometimes when you're listening to a podcast, 
you feel like you can't really interact with the people that you're listening to, the people that are on the podcast. And I just want to say that like that's actually one of the main reasons that we're doing this is to to break down the walls between, between you and me. To between you and me. Uh and so whether it's in the comment section, whether it's just emailing us at info at valor.coffee uh to chat, um we really enjoy that and we're business owners as most of you know and so just to be able to connect with other business owners is really only beneficial for all of us um so i i just don't want anyone to ever feel like just because we're the ones on the camera that they can't like find us or reach out to us or talk to us because that's one of the reasons we're doing this and i've been really enjoying doing that lately you know like yesterday we had this zoom call that we're doing monthly with pretty much just anyone in our network, Mm. um, wholesale partners, past wholesale partners, uh, just anyone that were, that is kind of like in our scope. And we just had an hour and a half call all about training, training baristas, training your team. It was, uh, 30 to 40, I think it's like 35 people on this call. They were all leaders in the coffee industry. If you were on the call and you're listening to this, smash like, comment below, say I was there. Um, But it was really cool. Uh, We had three panelists on the call talking about training. Riley was one of them. Hey, thanks for your time, man. Guilty. Uh, You'll be receiving maybe an edible arrangement in the mail. Yes. Maybe, yeah. Almost time for an Easter basket. Uh, And then uh, Emily, the GM... (laughs) Yeah. Nope. No. Nope. <laughs> yeah. You want to talk about peeps <laughs> or your favorite things in an Easter basket? Ah, uh, we'll save that for later. Okay. Uh, Emily, the GM from the Chastain Michelin awarded restaurant here in town. And then my mom, Care Bear. Care Bear. Michelin awarded by our hearts. Michelin awarded mom and grandma. Uh, she's been in K-Bay. HR for over 30 years. Uh, and it was just, it was such a sweet time to hear from those people. And I was looking at all of the, you know, heads on the Zoom call and I was like, cameras on. Well, I encourage cameras to be on, but people kind of turned them off as the call went on and they were just sort of spectators, which is cool. But um, how many of those people got connected with us through the podcast? It was like most of them. Yo. Uh, And so I love that and I want more of that. And yeah, I just wanted to say that. Very nice. Can I say something? This is a good time to say something, yeah. I think I say that, and then you say that mm-hmm. every week. We have a few bits that we're kind of doing. Like, oh, yeah. when's he going to say it? Yep. When's Ross going to say it? Uh, similarly, people, I'm in the cafes, and it's just such a sweet thing when people are like, hey, I listen to the podcast, and maybe they'll say whatever they want to say, like, you stink, or... Like, you talk, just have a lot you could be doing better. Talk, talk louder, talk more clearly. Yeah. You don't know what you're talking about, blah, blah, But I really do appreciate it. It's always super cool. So thank you. And I hope to see you around the cafe. I'm in Dunwoody right now. Yeah. Dude, it's a movie out there in Dunwoody. It's a gorgeous space. Like I know you guys aren't there as much, but we put our heart and soul in that during the build out. And we really did a great job designing a cafe. Mm. And it's a great place. What's it like? Give yourself a we, pound We've back. never, uh, I mean, you were there for like a few weeks, right? days yeah yeah hours we, we haven't really uh in entrenched ourselves there 
Well, it, it just kind of like, it, for the most part, it just works too. You yeah. know, like the way it design, was designed, it, it functions well. It's a great cafe. People flow in the space well. Been busy. Heck, still fills up like nobody's business, even though we tripled the seating. People, I was guilty. I was reading the Google reviews for the first time the other day and they're like, get more seats. I'm like, God, there's, dude, there's like 65. <laughs> you only knew how many seats our first cafe has. Hey, and I was in Alpharetta yesterday. And I said, this space is gorgeous as well. Oh yeah. I think we've done a great job keeping up with it. The paint job looks awesome. The pink wall looks really good. The new espresso machine, Fuego. It's tried awesome. to, we've tried to do some up updates. The up the upkeep's legit. I think yeah. I think if we do our little Q1 goals on it still that we're working on, really take it to the next level. What's your favorite thing about how Dunwoody is designed? I do really like the bar layout with the shelves over the top. Yeah. It's really pretty. Yeah, we've got sort of uh, three islands yeah. in a U-shape. The front of it is the concierge and pastries and retail. And then the two production bars kind of go back towards the end of the space. And there's these two hanging shelves over either bar. And yeah, they're like hung by some, you know, white tubing. And it's just like this long plank Thank of you, wood. Brad, from Radiant Metalworks. Yeah. Again. <laughs> I was trying to find a picture of our cafe. I haven't even posted like since the uh, the new espresso machine has been mm. in. And I really need to. But I was going to make the point that you can start from nothing and grow into things. And that has been an area that's been an annoyance here and there for us. Like, you know, having to do some plumbing work later or like having to switch out refrigerators for a kegerator and mm-hmm. things of that sort. But... We opened that space with not a lot of money. And as we have gone along, we have done things that we couldn't originally afford, like tile, the the backsplash, and cover up the ugly FRP that used to be there. Mm -hmm. Or like added shelving units and uh, upgraded our espresso machine, like installed like kegs for cold brew, all these things that maybe we would have done to start, but we just like fell a little short. But we just didn't let that be an excuse to not open the shop. Booyah. Well, yeah. what, I, what I love about that is we slowly learned all of these lessons with the first location. And we added all of these elements to the first location as, as time and money allowed. And then our second location was just like already, we already had all those things built into that second location. So we were able to kind of like be ahead uh, on that second one and sort of right all of our wrongs and get the tile from day one and get the espresso machine that we wanted from day one, which is espresso machines totally going great. Nothing wrong with it. Um, no comment. Yeah. It's been a movie. Mm. Do we have any questions this week? Ross, you got any questions? Nope. We don't have, do any you guys questions. have any questions for me? How do you do it, man? How do I do it? Uh, lots of sleep. Dude, what's the biggest time chunk of your work? Like your category? Because I often, because now that I'm more of like owner face in a cafe now, be like, how are the guys? I'm like, oh, Ross is doing wholesale. He's crushing it. Riley's doing everything else. <laughs> Finance, web like kind of looking after the roastery 
marketing, social media, podcast? Yeah, I think I've been able to hand off some things. That's been awesome. Yeah. So now it's just like most of my time is centered around planning and executing content, whether it be Instagram or recording a video, editing a video, that sort of stuff. And then we're also doing some pretty big website updates right now. So I've kind of been back in that uh, coding, like web developer mind. Mm. Like I've been doing that a little bit at my computer. So that's me. And how's it going? It's going well. I never have enough time for anything. Unfortunately, that's just the reality right now. I really need some help. Hey, we were talking yesterday about how, uh, because of his role as designer, graphic designer, you know, just spending time in illustrator doing stuff, making me a sandwich sign. Like he precisely, uh, (laughs) you know, whoever needs the thing that they're asking, they always need it like that week. And I, I forget what, what I asked you for. Oh, I, I, we were doing this private label thing and I was like, Hey, I need, you know, this label, this label, not just designed, but like ordered and like, you know, A to Z pretty much. Yeah. Uh, A to Z T. And that's right. And, uh, that it's like, we want things to be planned out as much as possible so that he can have an advance of like, I need how he can plan out his work of like, I need to do the sandwich sign two weeks from now. But like, that's just not how, that's not the reality of how it works. Like we can try to do that as much as possible. So like, he's always like, yeah, the answer is like almost always, yes, I can get it to you this week or whatever. But then it just is like the website gets done slower or content is not done as quickly as it could or whatever. So we're kind of in a weird limbo in between phase, uh, but hopefully helps coming. Yeah, and largely to what we're talking about today on this program, it's like we are always faced with this decision of do we get more help right, or do we pay ourselves more money because we don't make a lot of money personally as owners of this business. And we have been in this business for a while, so it'd be nice to see that start Mm -hmm. a little bit more at some point. So it's like, it's always that like put the cart before the horse mentality, but it seems like we've been putting the cart before the horse forever. Mm-hmm. But you have to do that in some areas because you, you can't tell me that like, you can't tell me, Ethan. I, 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 that like if we just post, if we post it on every, our, on our Instagram every day with like valuable content, like our company would grow. Sure. And, it's like, that's the thing I'd love to do. But if, if, I'm, if I was able to do that and do all like, keep our website like fresh and like new stuff at the top of it, like put out videos, like do our community that we're working on, like all those things, then uh, I would work 68 hours a week. And I've got a little guy at home, so that's not really an option. Yeah, yeah, I feel myself, man, I'm getting back in that grind. But it's hard, bro, because we have a standard. We just want things to be excellent. You know, I can lead a cafe and not be around because I cut off my hours at a certain point or you could hire a third party cheap content creation company to make 
what's the cappuccino posts or something. <laughs> and that would, you, you could get something out every day, but That's it's true. like, we want it to be at a certain threshold of swag. Yeah. And that's where we're at right now. You know, it's, uh, but it's good. I don't know. I don't know if you guys feel it. Like the, the weight of it all is kind of picking up a little bit more. I don't know if you want to speak into this, but, um, I'm like, I think this just means that we're getting back to a, a good state again. You know, like things are, things are good busy right now. (laughs) Yeah. Do you you feel the good busy Ross? I feel like Riley and I are in a similar stage, like for me in wholesale and then, for him and the stuff he's doing as far as like we could hire more people to speed things along, but those things that those employees would be doing aren't directly revenue generating. It's like more like if you post on Instagram every day, it's not like your bank account just grows, Mm -hmm. you know, because of that alone. But at the same time, if you were going to dream up the perfect Instagram for a coffee shop, it'd be posting every day, you know, because it's, it's good for the algorithm. You know, it's good. It's good in every way um, for business. So we're and, and same for me with wholesale. It's like, if I could, if I have someone that's helping me on the partner success side or sales side, like, yes, that's going to allow us to do more things, but it's like, I hope it makes us more money. Mm-hmm. but it's 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 a risk and whenever you're hiring people like you're playing with people's lives mm-hmm. you know like you're responsible for that to some degree and i you never want to give an opportunity to someone and then just realize that it didn't work out and you did it too soon or i got that's probably one of my biggest fears being a leader and being a business owner is providing someone with a job and then realizing that I never should have done it or I didn't lead them in the right way mm-hmm. to make them succeed in that role, especially if it's a new role that we haven't done yet. Yeah. You know, it's one thing if you're hiring, hiring a barista that like there's going to be work for them. Yeah. Um, but we're, we're kind of getting into uncharted territory on this side of the business here as far as new roles that we haven't had before mm-hmm. that we know would help, but it's, it's, it's weird. So like, I feel like the, the easy answer is always just wait, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. but then if you just wait too long, it's like stuff falls through the cracks and, and you're just like, uh, delaying growth potential, you know? Right. There's always that. So anyways, who cares? Right. I'm sure it'll work itself out. It'll all come out in the wash, yeah, man. It doesn't matter. Whatever. It is. that That's important, especially with the wholesale side of things, because like you're building these relationships and we have that high standard of like honor to do what the things that we say we're going to do. Yeah. And so it's not just like you can just be in a world where all you're doing is saying you're going to do stuff for people. Yep. But once they're a part of our like world, we have to do things with them. Yeah. And so having the right size team to help support Mm -hmm. people because that's such uh, a value to us with people partner with us is like giving things that are valuable to them. Yes. And what's cool is it kind of relates when we talk about in a cafe, 
how to make a cafe awesome. It's like there's these really powerful one-on-one connections that like are spur of the moment. And then you also have like this moment of delight that has been calculated that's timeless and it's for anyone, like a first-timer sticker. Yeah. It's like, what's a way we can lift up someone so easy, Mm -hmm. so consistently? So I think about that with wholesale, it's like, if we have documents we can share with them, these things that are like infinite almost, like Mm -hmm. it doesn't take so much time, but I think it really is like the time and the relationship that means so much, which I'm sure you're starting to realize. No doubt. And it's like, you're not God. Wake up, Mm -hmm. uh, Ross, you're not God. Um, So you can't have intimate relationships with everybody. Yeah. So it's like, how do you build a team that does that as well? Yeah. And I, Man, we're just really getting into our, our personal stuff over here. But I, I mean, I'm trying to... What's going on at home, man? Uh, this is something that Riley encourages me a lot with. Uh, to Every time you think that you're too busy, ask yourself the question, like, are you, are you being as organized as you can be mm-hmm. with the work you're doing? Meaning, like, after you get off a call, like, are you writing down what you talked about? And are you putting a reminder in your reminder app to do the thing that you said you were going to do and not rely on your memory to do that. Mm -hmm. And I feel like I, since the start of this year, I've really grown in that way of trying to be as, uh, precise and accurate and efficient with my work so that I can focus on people. Like I just started doing Calendly which in case anybody doesn't know is an app where instead of like going back and forth via email for like three days about what time you might be able to talk for 30 minutes, uh, you can just send someone a link to your calendar and they can book their own time. Like that's an example of something that's going to save me however many hours per week of just like scheduling stuff with people. Sure. Um, but anyways, it's fun. Organization, bro. That's huge. That's been a big growth area for me, jumping back into head coach because I've kept a lot of the same responsibilities as like retail director guy and now being head coach in Dunwoody. And it's like, okay, if I'm feeling stressed, don't panic. What's, what's taking all my time? It's like, okay, two people quit right when I came on and I'm taking a lot of bar shifts. It's like, need to prioritize getting those covered and hiring someone, you know, and know that one, one thing at a time will lead to opening up and getting everything down to doist in my to-do list. Yeah. You no, know, I, I got a lot of stuff going on up here. It's a little crazy, mm-hmm. but if I have confidence that when I have time to work on it, I have a list of what I can attack. It's like, yeah, after my mid on Monday, I was like, I just got to sit down and bust out a couple hours of computer work, but I know it's going to like clear it all out, you know? Yeah. But that's hard with the relational side of it because there's just relational collateral. Like I said, I was going to do something. Oh yeah. There's like, wait, if I don't do what I say. Mm -hmm. So it's like, yeah, let me, I'll fix your schedule. Let me just, when I get to my computer, I'll do it. And then that just like stacks up if you don't do it. That's the difference between good and great right there. Yeah. And I, th- I think with, with wholesale, like dependability and consistency are probably like number one and number two top priorities. 
you know, yeah. relationally, but Free also shipping. with the, the coffee, obviously like the coffee has to be consistent. Um, and you, you don't become dependable to like 300 people just by relying on your memory and goodwill mm. and good intentions. Well, I always, we always talk about the second brain, you and I, right you now we've been saying it for years now. Yeah. I think it's cool that we're, we're the three of us are talking about our work because what we're going to get into is, uh, two episodes ago, we talked about the cafe viability spreadsheet and it lays out really just the financial health of a cafe and it helps you build out a model, especially with, with how you're going to allocate payroll, uh, and cost of goods sold and rent and all that stuff. And so we're going to expand on that and talk about two or three different models that one might pursue when they are opening a coffee shop. So if you're out there and you're thinking about opening a coffee shop or you're in the process of doing that, or you've been doing it for years now and just want to put a finer point on what you're doing, this can give you an idea of how much you can make specifically as a business owner. And that's really like who this is for is someone who is, it's for the owner of a coffee business, Mm -hmm. coffee shop, or in our case, like a coffee company with two cafes and a roastery. Um, It's going to answer the question, how much money can I make as a coffee shop owner? So excited to jump into that. Me too. All right, let's look at this. How, how do we want our first little cafe to go? Is this, this is a one owner operation. Yeah. Yes. Okay. A single person is starting a coffee shop. They're going to work there on bar three or four days a week because they've got to set the tone and set the culture and lead by example and do the work hands on meet guests, all that stuff. And then the other, however much they work is admin. So they're like one of the main baristas and they are also doing all of the inventory ordering admin, all that stuff. Mm -hmm. And then they don't have any other leaders and they have like four or five employees. Yeah. I, feel, I feel like that is kind of a, a good prototype archetype of, uh, of a coffee shop that's starting. Totally. Um, do we want to talk about our maybe misguidance about owners and tips from the, our previous spreadsheet episode? The thumbnail is going to be like, we're sorry. Yeah. <laughs> so the gist of this is we have been out of the working behind the bar tip pool thing for a long time when we started this company first of all we were the only people behind the bar and then it was kind of before some things shifted and there are some very gray laws and regulations now about how owners or managers can slash can't receive tips Mm -hmm. from a tip pool so that state basically like you can receive tips if it is a someone directly handing you tips on like a table that you worked. But that's the problem is that this is only all these regulations were only made in regards to like thinking about restaurants, mm-hmm. not in like a coffee shop format. So um, the manager thing is really, really easy to, you know, this is not legal or financial advice. All right. Um, 
the manager side of things is a little easier because a manager can be defined in a certain way or not defined in a certain way. Sure. I think like the government's uh, way of talking about like management is like one of like a couple of the things, like one of them is like, do they have firing and hiring power? I'd say in most small coffee shops, the answer is probably no. If you're an owner with a manager underneath you, yeah, because that probably goes back to you as the owner. Mm-hmm. And there's a couple other things like that as well. So it's like, <clears throat> if you want to skirt past that one, it's like, you know, in the eyes of of that, it's like maybe they aren't defined as a manager. So it's like they can get tips because that's where the I, I think that the the regulation really start, start to, starts to get murky. It's like if Lillaby worked behind bar, you can't really tell me that there's too many people who would have a complaint about her receiving tips along with them. Sure. Heck, I would say our entire staff would be kind of upset to know that she didn't <laughs> receive tips with them. Yeah. So, uh, and then we also have this other situation where it's like, okay, so if an owner and if we have like a, a husband, wife, owner team at a coffee shop, which we see like kind of often, and they are, <laughs> they're like behind the bar, the only people who work a shift and that money goes into the tip pool. What, what happens to that money? <laughs> It, it who's to say it goes away <laughs> so give it back it's that in, anyways that regulation really needs some work but i think for what we're going to do in this spreadsheet we're not going to take those variables into account and we're just going to set the owner with a salary because i don't know how else to do it sure yeah it's pretty great i'd love more clarification on it yeah and really what that means is that each of the each of the baristas working on bar, the hourly tipped employees are going to make a lot more tips. Yeah. Which maybe that means you could pay them less per hour because you're not taking tips, but you're also taking a higher salary. That's also where a a lot of these regulations came into play again, because it's for restaurants. It's like all this has to be said because a lot of these uh, restaurant owners are taking the like tip credit, which allows them to put their employees below minimum wage. And it's like, we don't do that. And right. like, I don't know many coffee shops out there who do that because that sucks. Yeah. So it's like, it's, it's to protect against that thing where it's like tips are someone's only source of income. Mm-hmm. So again, it's just like this stuff is not written for coffee shops. And, uh, but what, what can you do? Try, try and try again, huh? <laughs> I guess. Try to make a spreadsheet around it. Should we just go off of the same financial model that we put in the spreadsheet last time with the loan and everything? Yeah, I totally have it preloaded in here. Oh, great. I don't have it preloaded in here. I don't remember what it was. Okay. Do you want to just start, build a model from scratch? Yes. Awesome. Awesome. Hey, that's awesome. I'm so excited. So what do you want to start with? Loan. Okay. Let's say they get a $150,000 loan. Skinny. And they also had some money that they put into it. Yeah, like their great aunt gave them an an inheritance. What was our interest rate last time? Ooh, bro, wasn't it like 14 or something? Yeah, I think it was somewhere around there. That's crazy. It's almost like a credit card. All right. Makes you think. It's going to be $2,329 per month. Not that bad. 10 year, 30 year? 15? Uh, 10. Dang. 
2329. Uh, this spreadsheet is going to be in the description as well if you want to use it. We've had a lot of a lot of love for it so far. So Woo-hoo. thanks for downloading it. Yeah. Do you want to give a word about the duplicate access? Thing? Yeah, there's been some confusion. Whenever you open it, uh, there you you land on a like a like a how to use this spreadsheet page. So I would say first of all, just read that before you do anything else. What? But you can't edit our spreadsheet. It's it's ours. Okay, it's not yours. So you have to duplicate it. So you go if you're on a, a desktop, you go to file, make a copy, and then you can copy it. Also, like you don't want us and all these other people to be okay. able to see your numbers you're punching in. You what are you? Some sort of some sort of. Something. Narcissist. <laughs> yeah. Uh, rent. I'm trying to picture this space. $2,400. Well, just give me the give me the stats. Oh, let's say they got it for 28 a square foot with $6 cam. You know, it's a little... How big? Yeah. It's 1,200 square feet. Okay, that's $3,400. Oh, oh. Rents, no joke, bro. Jeez. All right. Staffing and wages. How are we going to do this? So one owner, mm-hmm. five baristas. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you need next? You need that's wage? it, pretty much. Okay. Um, the owner is going to work on bar thirty, 30. hours a week. And then the baristas, do we just want to set them all at the same thing to make this easier and make this go faster for us? What if they were all at 25 and 25 hours? Okay. That's 155 hours on bar per week. We might need a, a calf. Our cafes usually do 250. So let's just say seven to five, but you only have two people on all day. So that's 22 times seven, which is 154. All right. We'll leave it at this. Uh, I, I really hope that's accurate. I think people that are listening have calculators. Yeah. They'll be able to comment. test the waters, guys. Okay. We're going to pay our baristas $10 an hour to start. Nice. And we're going to have no managers in this situation yet. Okay. Probably a good time to make sure you hire people with coffee experience. Just saying. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That 30 hours of you working ain't going to go too far. It ain't going to go too far. All right. Especially because you're not going to have a lot of time to train those people off bar (laughs) because you're going to be doing admin work to make the thing run. Man, I wish. Once again, it's so fun opening a coffee shop. Don't get us wrong. (laughs) Guys, I'm totally going to pull up the previous video and try to copy the numbers that I put for these utilities because that'll just be faster than us talking about it right now. Me and Ross could talk about the coffee while you do that, if you want to yeah, do that. Totally. Tell me about how this coffee tasted on the cupping table. An explosion of ripe acidity. <laughs> That's what I would say. Full stop. Oh. It was it was wild. Really? Yes. Darn it, bro. We really We uh, we over extracted the coffee. We did what we challenged ourselves to do long ago. Yeah. Over extract coffee. Yeah, because it's it's kind of like smoky and sort of like chocolatey in a bad way now. <laughs> because on the table it was like clean, ripe acidity, as aforementioned. As aforementioned. So we just want to 
issue a public apology to Mod Cup, to Ethiopia, Guji Buku, and all the hands that prepared this. I don't know what this means. FAC01. Should we just grade this right now? Fresh coffee under any circumstance. Oh, man. I don't understand. Yeah. We're, we're really big on being able to understand the content on the packaging. Does this make you think of Great Gatsby? Sure. You know, like the gold gold lines, the black background. I think uh I think we're really big on that because you always you always play with this tension, this duality, this dichotomy mm. of uh doing something for you, an art move, if you will. You know, just kind of like doing a design thing that you think is cool and that's one thing that like fuels your passion is being able to do things you think are cool. And then there's the other harsh reality of like, what if nobody understands it and then you don't sell any coffee? <laughs> uh, and so we thought about that a lot when designing our packaging. And uh, I feel like our packaging still is kind of confusing to people <laughs> <laughs> because it doesn't say coffee on it. It doesn't. Uh, coffee is debossed in yeah. uh on the front of the package but that that ain't enough you know one one packaging uh idea i saw at sprouts the other day Ooh. i believe this was la colombe's packaging so they had they had a you know this is a perfect example they had a box look like this but then they had a cutout in the middle yep and a translucent bag oh i've seen it you've seen it and, yes. and so and i think it's also counterculture iridescent same vibe a cutout but you got a fancy box there's a reason the big wigs are are exposing their coffee beans on the shelf at a grocery store so it's coffee people like to see it guys this is coffee yeah that's what they want to convey. that's market research paying off right there yeah we could take advantage of that yeah and so you know i'm i'm never really a big fan of the uh the clear bag personally well but because of light exposure but if it's in a box then it's just a little bit of light exposure just a little bit like Not a bad like a normal amount a healthy amount of light exposure do you think they got the box from the same place we get our boxes and do you think the box got a little beat up just because chris brought it to us are you trying to make like a statement about chris and like how much he cares about coffee or something i have nothing <laughs> to say about Chris, except that he is awesome. Chris, I know you're listening. We would never, ever make a comment about your ability to keep a box in tip-top shape. Because the box is not in tip-top shape. True. Um, but I have a feeling that might just be transport. Yeah. You know what? Uh, I'm, I'm seriously just stalling right now while Riley... Uh, breathe, bro. Hey, breathe. Um, I got a, a picture oh. of... This is one thing I think about a lot too. Okay, you got, you guys want an insight into what I think about? Okay, a first look is exclusive into Ross's mind. Daniel Davidson, okay, Union Coffee, Greensboro, Robbie Blankenship, the great folk over there in Greensboro, North Carolina, that run the fine cafe uh, of Union. They just brought on our coffee uh, for a for a seasonal, you know. Multi roaster type the waters. Vibe. Yep, gotcha. Um, we'll highlight and uh, and he sent me a picture of what our shipment looks like when it gets there. I 
I really care about that because, you know, we do all we can here to make it look nice and pretty and we've got boxes and sometimes they can be dented. And so we've implemented some systems to decrease the probability of that happening. Dedent. And also there have been times where UPS has just absolutely destroyed a box. Someone got like some rage out on one of our shipments. Somebody just <laughs> hit it with a sledgehammer or something. Um, and point is, he sent me a picture of it and it was beautiful. It's clean. You nice. did an awesome job. And then they opened it and all the boxes looked nice. What's your breakdown of positive to negative feedback from wholesale partners? Because I feel like that, that sounds a little rare of like, oh, I'm getting a text about a shipment from someone who just bought our coffee. You know what? Can I be honest with you? Go ahead. I, ever since I have really taken wholesale more seriously in the last six months and I'm talking to people all the time, it's like so positive. Wow. But the rut you can get into whenever you just sell people coffee and don't talk to them is that they only reach out to you when their shipment has a problem. And then that defines your relationship is problems. Wow. And sure, I'll, I'll do a good job solving the problem. I'll, I'll be quick and I'll go above and beyond with the solution. That's always good. But if all we ever talk about is problems, then that, that sucks. So, but the it more sounds unhealthy, it's unhealthy. But the more I've just talked, like it's, it's positive more than negative. And, awesome. we've, and we've gotten better at shipping coffee too. Hey, yeah. Uh, making changes. Hey, I filled those numbers in just the same from our last one. So if you want to see those, then you can go there. But how about we talk about our transactions? Let's do it. And our daily sales. And we can decide from there. I thought you'd never ask. All right. Our average transaction is going to be 950. Is this a hypothetical? This is hypothetical. This is like someone just starting a coffee shop and they're relatively new, but they're pretty successful so far. Yes. Yeah. Great. Monday. Total sales? Yes. $1,000. Tuesday. $1,100. Keep them coming. $1,300. $1,300. Now you go back down. Wednesday. Thursday is a little slower. What are we on? 12. 12 for Thursday. Friday. Four, 14 for Friday. 18 for Saturday. Ooh. 16 for Sunday. Okay. okay. So not much of a weekend crowd. No. Ross, not yet. We're building. Okay. So 141 transactions per day. Yep. 950 per. That sounds like something six people can handle. No six man staff. Okay. Let's see what we have here. So we're doing 40,000 a month. So, which is like just under 500 per year. Cogs are the same that they were uh, in kind of our other projections from other spreadsheets. So it's like coming out at like 41%. You can get that better for sure. But we're just playing it all really conservative. And then your hourly employees, you're paying them like six grand a month. I didn't put anything in for owner yet. We're going to go back and do that. Rent, 3400 a month. Utilities, 1000 a month. General operating costs, 700 a month. All your other stuff is like 1700 per month. Then your loan payment is 2392 
Do we want to put anything for working capital right now? Or are we just going to leave it at zero? Let's see what... I feel like what will be natural is that working capital and how much money the owner makes sure. pretty okay. tied together. So right now, in this model, we are profiting $100,000 a year. See you guys later. Yeah, I'm no doing joke. My, I'm, doing, I'm doing my own thing. Yeah. So if the owner took $70,000 and left $30,000 for working capital. That would be putting away what? Like 30 divided by 12 is a number. It's like 2,200 a month. Yeah. Or you can look at some other things like raising barista wages. Mm, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, Cause you're, yeah, you might promote someone yeah. higher hourly for more responsibility. Totally. So I'm just going to say two grand a month and that leaves like 600 bucks a month profit, but working capital is a part of your profit. So guys, that's a, that's a okay living. I mean, it depends on where you are, obviously, but sure. that's more than we make. <laughs> what is $70,000? Yeah. yeah. Where are your thoughts there? Are we doing this all wrong? Well, I don't think we're doing it all wrong. I think we're just not at our destination yet. Yeah. That's that's true. I I would agree. Meaning our destination from the beginning ish. In the be- very beginning, we just wanted to have a coffee shop. But then as we started roasting, we were like, okay, we're going to roast coffee and we're going to have as many locations as we can. But it has to be really good. Mm-hmm. So that's not going to be that many locations, especially for the foreseeable future. Mm-hmm. Uh so that would that's like our destination. And yeah, I don't, I don't think we're there yet because our, mostly because our roastery isn't at its ceiling of revenue. Like we have a lot, a long way to go. Like our roastery is successful, going awesome. Don't get us wrong. But uh, we have room to go. So, and the other thing I think about with, with this model that you just entered was that uh, the owner of this business is very, very tied to the business. Mm-hmm. Like super duper tied. Meaning I'm like... working five to seven days a week. Five to seven days a week because uh turns out people take time off and you you want them to take time off. That's, that's important uh, because that's part of a good culture. But the other thing too is that it, you probably want some time off too as the business owner. Well, just imagine, I don't know if this is easy for you to change, but just imagine adding another barista. Nothing else changes. You just add another barista 25 hours just to help the owner, like have some more coverage. Like how much does that change your your profit? EOY, you know what I mean? Mm. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it changes it. it not, not too much. Honestly. Hey, all right. So instead of 2000 bucks a month working capital to break even, you have to move that down to like uh, 1450 pretty much mm-hmm. or 1400 So it's not bad. Bro, do you know how many pounds of coffee our coffee shops go through per week? Bro, you were talking about <clears throat> something along that earlier this morning, and I was thinking to myself, I don't know how much coffee we go through. I mean, it's very feasible that we go through 10 pounds a day of espresso grounds. 
Like I, I'm pretty sure the weekly order is like always around a thousand dollars. Right. And then it's twice a week. Bro, is it twice a week? Cafes or our cafes or twice a week. Okay. So maybe each order isn't a thousand, but I think sometimes it is. Sometimes it's more than that. I know that you're looking Riley, but I'm just wanting to, and we'll hit this at the end when we talk about our, some of our numbers. But uh, I think that's a good metric for a coffee shop is like how much coffee you're going through. Mm -hmm. And this model we just mocked up, you know, I imagine that I'm trying to put a a poundage per week on those numbers. I feel like it's got to be like around 50 pounds a week or something like that. Maybe Uh, less. No, I think it'd be higher. Cause I mean, that's, he said it's like a sub $500,000 cafe. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of years where Alfredo was doing like 750. So just take, you know, a third off of what Alfredo has been doing. And they've been probably over a hundred for a long time. They'll probably be like 80, something like that. This is 80 pounds a week, bro. I mean, I don't know. It's hard, wait, wait, it's hard to wait, calculate. Right. You think I'm an expert? You think I got a platform to talk about cafes and their viability and how much coffee they go through? You think I have look after two cafes and know how much they order? It's like 170. Like last week, Alfred ordered 170 pounds, but they also ordered kegs. Sure. sure. So then you have to like quantify those numbers. Cold like how many winning. pounds goes into a keg? Yeah. So maybe call it like 180, 185. Uh, like 200. Yeah. I'm thinking like, I think it's yeah, around probably, 200. Pounds. Yeah, probably 188, 185, probably. Okay. How about a different model that we could plug in really quick? Well, an easy one to shift would just be husband and wife. Like if one of the spouses worked on bar as well, but it's like, how do you quantify all that? But you you could go that route or you could just do add an assistant manager. Yeah. That like, you know, like I, I feel like, you know, Ethan, if you, well, actually you're doing it right now if you were hypothetically in this like crazy weird world to run a coffee shop, mm. I, I don't know. Sorry. It's weird. Uh, you're the head coach, the owner in right. this situation. And you pretty much, I mean, you do the podcast and you do some stuff over here, but it's like, that's your baby mm-hmm. in Dunwoody. And then savvy is, is more or less the assistant manager. Mm-hmm. She works on bar three days a week or two, four. four days a week. And then she'll like do some admin stuff after some of her bar shifts. Yeah. Or before some of her bar shifts. And then yeah, she both has, end. Yeah. And then she has one full admin day as her fifth day. So we could just kind of plug in that model. Cause I think that would, that's pretty likely. Okay. Tell me what to do. So one of those people just say they make 15 an hour and one of the baristas. Okay. And they're still on for 25 hours a week but we're also paying them another 15 in admin hours. I don't know how to quantify that. I guess what's coming out of the, you just put it at 40. It's easy. easy. Yeah. No, no no problem at all. It's too easy. Are we, are we busier? How about you just grab us those numbers real quick and then we increase the, uh, the revenue. I mean, at that point it just wipes out your working capital. It's like, how much working capital do you want per year? If you want to leave it the same, then your pay is going to fall. Uh, so 
like, because currently we're 1700 in the red, so I need to back off owner's pay by $1,700 a month. So let's talk about why someone might want to do that. Because we talked about earlier how if it's it's just the owner running the coffee shop, quality of life may not be as high as it could be for that person. Sure. And probably the excellence of that cafe may not be as good as it can be. I mean, the whole reason you're employing someone else is so that they can add value to the operation to make it better mm-hmm. or make your quality of life better and more sustainable. So if you're an owner and like in, in what we have going in Dunwoody, uh, bringing on an assistant manager, yes, technically that takes away from your pay, which in this case, you said it was 1700 Yeah, so I mean, after those changes like bring on the assistant manager, it, it basically is going to, if we want to keep like $15,000 a year in working capital to reinvest into the business, then, and then again, this is what, this is skinny on our operating expenses. This is no advertising, no contract marketing labor. Cause you're going to figure out how to do the graphic design yourself. Mm. Uh, like pretty limited on a lot of areas. Uh, you're going to be backing off to 50,000 a year if you're at that, this level of business, which isn't like, <laughs> this is by no means like a busy cafe. Yeah. Clear. Yeah. It's, it's not like a dead slow cafe either, mm-hmm. but it's not like a, a super high volume thing. Um, but what would that do for you? I mean, that would, that would help you be able to maybe take some more time off work less six or seven day weeks. It allows you to focus on probably what you're better at, which is leading people as opposed to putting your head in the computer all the time um, and doing inventory and ordering. You just pass it off to an assistant manager and then, yeah, you can mentor your team, coach them, develop them, and also have a good bit of time like actually on the floor setting the standard, mm-hmm. have more time for training because your assistant manager would be taking some of your responsibilities off your plate. Um, I think that that's kind of one of the main problems I saw with the first model was like, we're not really having any time to like, to really develop people. No, just have to be all on the floor. And that's hard when you're also fulfilling a task, you know? Exactly. Yeah. I, I think where we go from here is like, we just want to point out that, you know, we get these questions, like we got a question last week about uh, business partners and like talking, like kind of hinting at like having several partners. And if your ambitions aren't several cafes roasting your own coffee, it's probably hard to walk in that direction. For sure. Because with us, we've always wanted our operation not not even always. That's not even true. Out of necessity, because we started this company with multiple owners, we were like, we have to scale this operation to eventually get to a really uh, sustainable uh, salary as we get older and start to trickle into our 30s and 40s and so on and so forth. So for us, we did that by growing our company faster than we grew our own pay. Yeah, so. we've been making the same amount for a couple of years. Yeah, what do you make? I make $54,000 a year. We made $50,000 a year for a long time. And this is without benefits. So we offered health stipends to the team because we can't afford health insurance yet. 
Um, and so we also got the health insurance stipend to help us get to technically $54,000 a year. Mm. And we've been sitting there for a while. Yes, we have. Not a lot's changed, but we're trying to get smarter. That's why your boy's playing gigs on the weekends. That's why your boy's picking up weekend shifts to make a little (laughs) extra something. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's a lot we could talk about, about like just the sustainability of a barista career and like, cause you know, some people might be listening and their instant thought is like, Hey, you make more money than your baristas. And then I'm like, I own the joint. Like that is a natural thing. That's why you start your own company. Also, don't make that much uh, yeah, more than it's your really, baristas. Really true. I well, think. I think on average in America, like the C, like C-suite employees, or like they they make like fifty times their base level employee, which is sleazy by all means. And I think that is where you know those companies being public, and then like their uh, those employees' salaries getting out into the public and stuff. That's where people are, you know, instantly go to like raise wages, like, mm-hmm. and which makes sense. But like, an independent coffee shop is a very different situation, as we've seen by these numbers. Where, like, if with us, we're trying to make this our long term career, career. So, like, eventually, we have to start like wanting our salary to get up to that six digit place, as we want like our, you know, like families to grow and so on and so forth, and. Pay for your kids' ballet, like that. <laughs> well, it's interesting too, and I know this isn't really the, the direction of the podcast, but I remember being in third grade, and the teacher was like, "The average adult makes between fifty and sixty thousand dollars a year." At least where we live, that is not the the normal like living wage to be an adult that could own a own a house. Like maybe their spouse doesn't work or they work part time. It's like. There's just not enough to go around, yeah. you know? Um, so we're, I think we're still just on the journey of figuring out like what, what is a sustainable career of Valor look like for us, frankly, you know? Yeah. Um, but it's cool because what we've really pitched to the team as well is like, Hey, if we figure out how to make a smarter thing, we can all win together. Cause the goal with figuring out how to make Valor more awesome is to raise the wage for everyone across the board, but it's figuring out, you know, the whole that, I don't know if we were talking on or off air about like the cart before the horse thing. It's like, we don't want to just create, we want to make every smart decision with our money knowing like, Hey, if we're putting you in this role, it's because we can afford it. Right. And we can pay you to do this. Now we're like, we'll pay you this much. (laughs) And then three months later, it's like, so we don't have enough money and we have to let you go. And I get that it's kind of uh, taboo to like disclose how much you make in any conversation, but, like definitely on a podcast that's on the internet. Hot mic. Our our intention with that is not for any other reason, but one that we just don't really care to that to do that. I mean, it, it's not that important to us. But two, it's to something that's really important with this podcast is we want to be we want to have radical transparency with what it looks like to run a coffee company, uh, both financially but also just experientially and relationally and all of the different aspects of that business. So, and we think that, uh, for anyone listening, if they're thinking about starting something or they are starting something, the more information that we can give you, the better informed your decisions will be. Mm-hmm. So if we can impart that to you, then that's only a win. Let me ask you guys this. If 
I would have told you, if I would have told your 20 year old self that you would be making $54,000 a year in year eight, is it year eight? We're in year eight, bro. Of our, of your business. What would you think? <sighs> 54 is such an interesting number. And I'm, I'm excited to hear what you have to say to this as well. I'm grateful for the fact that we have like a company that technically works. There's a lot of pros to having your own business. Yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. And I love what I do. Like every day is a joy. There are difficulties, there's complexities, there's valleys, but I, it really is a deep joy of service. So like, and the fact that I get to be paid to do that. And frankly, salary is perspective and subjective to where you're at. Like, I know there's probably a lot of people like that. You're still in the top 1% a-hole. I'm like, yeah, sure. Yeah, I get that. I, I have clothes. I have a place to live. I'm so grateful. You know, there's just also the whole like C-suite, big money people. We're just trying to like break down the perspective of what it means to be a business owner that you don't make. Sometimes you don't make that much in coffee. Mm-hmm. But I'm over here saying, hey, I would love to figure out how to make more in a smart, honorable way. And yet I still am grateful and I love what I do. And if you told me that and it came with like the, and you love what you do, I'd be like, okay, sure. That's fine. Yeah. I would say I would be like, how, what can I do (laughs) in the trajectory of this company over the next few years to get that number to like 70? And I would be a little more like willing to dive in, Mm -hmm. but it's funny. Even with our current salaries, like right now, if you add them together, it's like, okay, we make 54 piece, but that means that the company, like company-wide, $162,000 goes to owners. So I'm like, for one owner, it sounds a lot better. But if it was one owner and we, we were paying a wholesale rep, yeah. we were paying a marketing lead, we were paying someone to do more detailed accounting. It's more than 162. We were paying a retail manager. Yeah. That's like hundreds of thousands of dollars. So like I, you know, like we are just doing multiple jobs with skills we've developed and getting paid a lot less for it. Yeah. Which is fine. That's what being a business owner is. Yeah. I also absolutely love what I do. And I will say that there is even on the hardest day of uh frustration uh, about finances or whatever like there, I'm never without hope because when I run a, when I'm running my business, like I have control over what happens. Mm-hmm. You know, if you just work somewhere, you can beg all you want for a raise, but you might never get it. Yeah. And in this scenario, like I have my fate in my own hands to some degree as far as like, Oh, like you wish you made more money. Like, what are you going to do about it? Mm-hmm. Because if you don't do anything about it, it's not going to get better. Mm-hmm. But if you do do something about it and you get out there and you be great and be excellent and push yourself and try to do the right things, then there's always hope. Um, and I, I all, we're not on here like wanting you to feel sorry for us. And this is probably going to be received in 5,000 different ways from all these different people. I don't really care how it's received. This is just who we are. And this is the things that we think about. Um, but I, I, I would also say yes, because I love what I do. And there's a trajectory to more 
you know, and I, I think like this year, the more financial planning we've done, I'm like the meeting we had in the beginning of the year, like saying like, Hey, if this happens, then we can increase our salaries to this much. That really helped me mm-hmm. because Some vision vision is, is so it, it helps me stay motivated. I mean, obviously that's why you have a vision is so you know what you're going towards. Um, but the most frustrating seasons of our business for me have been when we don't know what we're going for. Are we focusing on cafe growth? Are mm-hmm. we focusing, are we trying to build a cart business? <laughs> are we, are we trying to be a, you know, a, a content media empire where we make funny skits, uh, uh, coffee stuff? Are, or are we ready to drink canning line? Are we doing canning? Are we doing kegging? Are we doing, we're doing it all, man. Like e-commerce. We're doing wholesale. It's like, there's all these things. Coffee art. Yeah. Coffee art, <laughs> like screen printing. Yep. Like posters. That's our, that's Merch. our gold thing. You know, like these are all things we've seriously considered. Not with, not the joking ones, but um, knowing exactly what we're going for is it puts a lot of wind in my sails. Well, that's all awesome. This has been fun. I don't think we should review this coffee. Because I think that we effed it up so bad. It we, was, thank you for the we. Yeah. Thank you, man. It was awesome. Yeah, uh, go buy it. Hearing from Ross. I swear. It was really good. And thank you, Chris. And thank you, Mod Cup. He was saying Mod Cup's got a lot of experimental type stuff. Yeah. Which is cool. I looked on their website and they have like underneath their shop tab. It's like they just have like a a tab for like carbonic maceration. <laughs> The whole category. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Do they have a thermal shock tab? Uh, probably. <laughs> That's yeah. awesome. Th- this partner in, in uh, Illinois, it's cool. They're going to use our coffee for like the main anchor spot. And then they'll have a slot on their menu. That's always something like crazy. That's awesome. Like probably crazier than this, you mm-hmm. know, because this is just, you know, a Ethiopia Gucci. It's still crazy. It's just natural process though. So that'll be cool. Cool. Love doing this with you guys. Right, me too. Next week. Fun. Huh? Yeah, we'll be back next week. Or tomorrow. Yeah, totally. Goodbye. Bye.